This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of For Number News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you Okay, people, so in case you ain't here, about 60% of people watching this video right now unfortunately aren't subscribed. Thanks to the statistics, it let me know. So I wanted to ask you guys if you would do me the favor and quickly press that subscribe button and that bell to get all notifications. It helps me out. It helps the show to continue to go on and grow and thrive and all that jazz. Obviously, in case you don't know about me, I create content every single day regarding anime and manga, whether it's a new recommendation, a review of one of the ongoing manga right now now or just in general i drop a whole bunch of news for you guys can indulge in and understand and be up to date with what's going on in the world of anime and manga so i really appreciate you guys hitting that subscribe button and yeah without further ado let's jump into the stories of today okay people so we got some very very heavy and big news coming out of the anime and manga world today in particular regarding the founder of ufotable i reported on the story last year regarding the founder of ufotable and him being accused of tax evasion basically they were saying that he was hiding funds and all sorts of stuff he eventually went on to pay back everything they said he owed but he was still being tried because he essentially was again accused of committing a crime however according to the verdict today because i believe he was already found guilty and now it was the sentencing stage and what happened i'm not even gonna lie i feel kind of bad i i genuinely feel bad i never like to hear anybody going to prison unless like they did something very heinous or something along those lines but yeah uh founder of ufotable is going to be doing a stretch in prison. Ufotable founder and studio convicted of tax evasion. Founder gets 20 months prison term with three years suspended sentence. The verdict for the case against Ufotable studio founder Hikaru Kondo and the anime studio in question was handed down today in the Tokyo District Court with the court finding that Kondo is guilty of violating the Corporation Tax Act by evading more than 138 million yen, roughly $1.25 million in taxes. Kondo has been sentenced to 20 months in prison with a three-year suspended sentence while Ufotable has been given a fine of 30 million yen roughly $265,000 Ufotable released a statement confirming the news from the Japanese media on its website. Today our company and a representative have been convicted of violating corporate tax laws. We sincerely apologize to our fans who have been supporting our works as well as to all the other parties involved for any concern or inconvenience caused by this. We will take this incident as an opportunity to make further efforts to ensure our compliance with laws and regulations as well as proper management to create a production environment that is sustainable to create better works. Ufotable has already confirmed that they have paid back the amount of tax owed to authorities in Japan having done so when the charges against the anime studio and founder were laid down. For Kondo, he was convicted of moving income from Tokyo-based cafes run by Ufotable to a safe in his home making false income statements from 2015 to 2017 and 2018 and concealing about $4 million from the Tokyo Regional Taxation Bureau. This 
Project Kondo Evade at the time, paying around 100 million yen, roughly a little less than a million dollars in corporate taxes, and 254,000 in consumption tax, totally more than 1.2 million dollars. In a statement from the Tokyo District Court, they said that Kondo's wife was the accountant for the company and was reluctant in falsifying the books in order to evade taxes, even as he was persistently instructed her to do so, proving that his intention to evade taxes was firm. Damn, homie was even doing it to his wife. Prosecutors were originally looking to find Ufotable 40 million yen, around $352,000 for the evasion of taxes, with a 20-month prison term without a suspended sentence for the studio founder. Now, I'm just curious because I'm not the most, you know, I'm not a connoisseur of the law. When they say a three-year suspended sentence, does that mean that he was going to have an additional three years on his sentence that they suspended, or was the entirety of his term suspended so essentially like he's going to be on a house arrest or probation that's something that i'm a little bit confused there i'm imagining my assumption is that he's doing 20 months almost two years and he would do more basically he has three years that he should do on top of that but they're suspending that and maybe they'll allow him to come home and do like probation or parole or something like that either way that is absolutely insane the fact that the studio itself was also convicted like this is a smear on their name and it's crazy because ufotable is one of the biggest and hottest studios out right now in Japan like right now studio ufotable is that dude so to speak when it comes to like popularity and success with their Demon Slayer anime Demon Slayer season 2 right now is airing and it just started the entertainment district arc so the fact that they're in all this mess thanks to Hikaru Kondo it's insane my heart goes out to just in general him and his whole family like a two-year prison sentence is no joke by any means especially considering I'd imagine he's probably an older gentleman and I know some people they want to say hey yo he shouldn't have did the crime if he can't do the time i totally get it but some people fuck up and make mistakes you can't harp on them especially going to prison that is hell on earth so uh, my heart goes out to everybody that was impacted by this and if he's doing 20 months let's just say that straight maybe he'll do like 85 percent of his time so do 85 percent of 20 months so maybe he'll do about a year and a half or some shit like that i'm not sure but either way um, this has been insane. I still can't even believe this right now. And I'm sure the crazy thing about it is that I'm sure uh, Studio Ufotable ain't the only one that, you know, do these things. Like, this is corporations and businesses. We got billionaires here in the United States that don't pay a lick of taxes. It's just that he got caught. Like, that's straight up <laughs> what it is. He got caught. So, yeah, um... Studio Ufotable convicted and the founder sentenced to 20 months in the pen. Insane. An update on the story regarding the founder of Ufotable. We got some clarification on what's going on with his sentencing. Apparently, he is not going to be inside of a jail cell. Basically, that three-year suspension is going to mean that as long as he has good behavior, he won't have to enter a jail cell, a prison cell, or anything like that. So, man's lucked out immensely, and he probably had the most godlike lawyers at the end of the day. Y'all know Ufotable got a lot of money. This man got a lot of money. His wife is probably going, thank you, Lord, because her husband ain't gotta see a jail cell and i ain't gonna lie i don't know how people feel about it but i'm happy i'm happy that he don't gotta see a jail cell again jail is and prison is hell on earth and due to some very you know it's still a serious crime at the end of the day he was robbing the mother government but ultimately um 
he doesn't deserve to be sitting in the prison cell over that. So no prison time for him, essentially, as long as he has good behavior for the next three years, he'll be basically like on probation, so to speak. And he won't have to go inside of a prison cell, despite the fact that he was robbing motherfuckers, even though they did pay it back. So essentially, it's just like the biggest punishment is going to be his future. At the end of the day, Hikaru Kondo is not going to be looked at in the same light. And also, that's a smudge on Ufotable. I wouldn't be surprised within the next five years if they rebrand. Like, it's going to be the same exact company same exact staff but instead of being called ufotable they'll call themselves something else i don't know uh De demon studio or something or slayer you slayer photo <laughs> you know what i mean whatever but yeah people hikaru kondo lucked out he won't be inside of a prison cell okay people so we got the top 50 best-selling manga of the week these are the volumes let's take a look okay for starters from 50 to 41 straight away at 50 tokyo avengers volume 24 probably next week it won't be in here anymore but that did 10,786 bringing its total to 1,010,915 so again it's probably out of the top 50 but this volume been hanging around since like september so kudos to that then four nights of the apocalypse volume four which that's been in here for a little bit of time at the very least doing another 10,829 bringing its total to 77,376 which that's not bad i mean don't get me wrong it's very much so a shame that damn it's already about to leave the top 50 it's at 49 but it's been in here what 19 days and almost you know 77,000 it'll probably close out when it leaves completely from sales maybe like 100k that's not too bad to be honest with you for a spin-off sequel at that so shout outs to four nights of the apocalypse again i'm gonna get more deep come next year 2022 you're gonna get more kodansha related titles from me like i'm gonna be talking more about like here you'll get a four nights of the apocalypse video from now and then probably once i catch up with eden zero the same thing so expect those videos coming in this year then we got dr stone volume 23 with another 10 a lot of 10,000s. what's going on here 10,937 bringing its total to 216,000. and for the most part that's the volume from 50 to 41 that i'm familiar with and 40 to 31 mushoku tensei 16 with 12,000 coming in at number 38 major second at 35 with 12,000 bringing its total to 90,000. what is that fate type redline 3 is that a fate series or it just has a very similar title that is very interesting 13,378 honestly these sales don't look great to be honest with you maybe i'm off on that by the way what the hell is kaete kurasai akotsu san 4 um i want to read that now <laughs> Not sure what that is, but all right, I'm, I'm digging it, fam. Let's go. Then volumes 30 through 21 or places 30 through 21. Yeah, we're going to talk more in a different segment if you haven't seen it already. But Undead Unluck volume 9, 15,782. Something got to be wrong. Like those are very, very low sales for Undead Unluck. It usually does triple that. So I'm not sure what's going on here. Jujutsu Kaisen 17 still hanging in there from October 4th with 22,000 this week, bringing its total to 1.675 and then 20 through 11 so so no frieden in there with 29,000 bringing its total to 267 spikes family at number 13 with 36,000 bringing its total to 703 and marshall another yeah there's something wrong either people just really weren't interested in buying manga this past week or something because marshall doing 43,000 that's again about like half 
maybe even less than half of what it would normally do on a regular so something's not right or this is just like a very how many days was that yeah maybe because it's only three days maybe that's what it is if it was like a full seven it would have did i believe undead unluck was only three days as well right because yeah three days maybe that's why these sales are like abysmal because that, that's not right for these even dawn to dawn three days forty four thousand. and it has to be because of the three-day release like there's no way that it's only doing those numbers because again those are good numbers but not for these series these series should be doing way more dawn to dawn should be in its opening week doing like at least i, I believe the last one did like fifty thousand in its open week should be doing probably like 60 70 it should be increasing so yeah uh kingdom 63 at number seven with fifty eight thousand five hundred sixty two. dragon ball super 69 000. dragon ball super did pretty decent uh, again i still would expect a little bit more but there's something just not right about these numbers one punch man 24 with 117,000 shout outs to one punch man oh world trigger it's rare you see a volume from that 161,000 coming in at number three kaiju number eight even with only three days still busting out 301,000 copies let's go baby kaiju number eight. Oh my god the latest chapter was so freaking good and number one one piece 986,000 which in three days and again i gotta say that just seems low for one piece one piece always does a million plus this is really low for one piece but it's probably something there maybe it's just because it was only three days or something because none of these sales are impressive for the stature of these series i just gotta be real with it like these are great numbers in general not for these series though i'm just gonna throw that in there and either way shout outs to all these series a lot of series i really love on there one piece kaiju one punch man dragon ball super kingdom is amazing i need to get up on that don to don i love that marshall uh, yeah, a lot of really dope stuff on here. Next up, some big news regarding Tokyo Revengers and just how much of an impact the anime had and even a little bit of explanations, I believe, as to why it blew up. It says here, Nikkei Entertainment highlights Tokyo Revengers, Uma Musume, and Evangelion as 2021's biggest hits. Nikkei Entertainment's January 2022 issue highlights the biggest buzz generators across Japanese film, TV, streaming, music, books, and games in 2021. The Tokyo Revengers anime ranked in as the top watch stream program for both male and female audience during the latter half of the year while Uma Musume Pretty Derby was the top grossing game app and Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time was the top grossing film. The three titles were also the winners of the Yahoo Japan Search Awards in the anime film and game categories which is determined by the number of searches for a particular term compared to the year before which we're going to get into something um, in that realm regarding Japan in a little bit. Nikkei Entertainment interviewed Pony Canyon producer Hirofumi Ito, who broke down some of the factors behind Tokyo Revengers' success in particular. He said that being a story about Japanese delinquents, it was atypical for a late-night anime. But the producers also figured that this kind of subject matter does well in the rental business. With this in mind, they focused on the streaming market with the assumption that it had the potential to be a hit, like Shinjuku Swan or Ushijima the Lone Shark. When it came to promoting the anime, the team focused on marketing to youths and bringing out the teen rebellion vibe. Internally, the staff had a photo of a bunch of youths crowded around a convenience store, a common image associated with delinquent in Japan. Not only did they try to get the series on as many streaming platforms as possible, they also decided which TV stations to broadcast the anime in based on which prefectures gave off the impression of having a lot of juvenile delinquents. Essentially, they were like, yo, which spot over here has the little badass kids? Like, we're gonna put it over 
there. Using the popular male rock band official Hige Dondism for the opening theme was also a deliberate move to encourage word of mouth among people who don't normally watch anime. Ito cited TikTok as an important element in the anime's success. Mikey's iconic Anyone Scared line became an internet meme. According to Ito, this prompted a lot of young people to start watching the anime and even get their parents to watch too. Ito further cited the live-action film adaptation as a factor. Although the pandemic interfered with the film's original release schedule, it ended up releasing at the same time the anime was on air and the popularity of the two adaptations complemented each other. Nikkei Entertainment also highlighted Jujutsu Kaisen as the year's top-selling manga, commenting on the success of its TV anime adaptation. So basically, they were really strategic on how to get word of mouth and how to get the buzz going for Tokyo Revengers over there. They were like, okay, we're going to find where all the bad kids are at. I'd imagine they probably use school records of like bad grades and all sorts of different things. Like he's not going to give us all the details on how they figured out like, yeah, where's the bad kids at? He probably used that method, like he said. Then also in general, using this band to bring in non-anime fans. Like they did their due diligence, made sure to put it on select TV broadcasting like Bravo to them and Tokyo Revengers deserves it. It's like they did the homework of what needed to be done. They used TikTok. They used everything at the disposal and also the work itself was really good. Like you can't take you know what I'm saying? A, a anime, let's just say an anime about a pile of like pigeon crap or something and just like hey it's an anime 20 minutes of 360 view of pigeon crap. That's not gonna go nowhere right? But if you take something very very well done like the story of Tokyo Revengers and market it properly you get the results of being top 3 biggest selling manga of the year and on top of that record-breaking stuff for Kodansha like very very awesome and insane stuff shout outs to Tokyo Revengers once again we love to see it fam Tokyo Revengers fans unite okay people next up once again another update on Chainsaw Man I ain't gonna lie I'm low-key getting to the point of like I don't care about updates anymore. I just want it. Like, we've had updates upon updates. It was just in the last episode of Forever News. We talked about an update that they said it's confirmed 2022. Well, now, according to Tatsuki Fujimoto's interview at Kono Manga Ga Sugoi 2022, he's currently working on a new one-shot. Nevertheless, Fujimoto also confirms that Chainsaw Man's Part 2 is still under work. So that he is actually indeed working on Chainsaw Man 2. It's not just a myth. It's not just a legend like, oh, he might, like... No, he is definitely working on it, but he's doing other things in the meantime, which that says to me, in my opinion, either two things. One, he's not confident in what he has for Chainsaw Man 2. He's still like working out the kinks. Or two, it's a schedule of they want to line it up properly for maybe the release of the anime. Like, boom, we'll have Chainsaw Man 2 drop around the same time as the anime to complement one another or something along the lines of that. I think probably paperwork-wise, he can't release Chainsaw Man 2 because they're like, why drop it now when it's not going to have the same type of buzz as it will once the anime comes out? That's my assumption. That's my theory. That's the only other thing that makes sense as to what's taking so long. In my opinion, though, I will say this. I think it should have already been going on. And here's why. Because one, the anime is going to end and you're going to be left with, okay, we need these chapters adapted. What's going on? Two, when Chainsaw Man does drop its anime yes it's going to backlog and a lot of people are going to go and buy the original what is it 10 or 11 volumes of the manga whatnot like that's going to do good but if chainsaw man 2 already had at least one or two volumes out people would scramble immediately and go pick up those volumes as well so you would have newer manga volumes from the franchise coming out and selling very well the fact that you are holding off and stalling makes it that there's going to be a long wait in between like this chainsaw man production and 
project is going to take several years in between to get it all in in terms of animated and the parts and everything because yeah this slowdown of the series is taking a while and don't get me wrong I want him to get it right I don't want a rushed thing of like yo we just need new manga of Chainsaw Man we don't care do what you do but it doesn't sound like and considering somebody like Fujimoto that he's a constant worker I don't think he's possibly having like issues with creating Chainsaw Man 2 I genuinely think he's being told hold off on it we know you like to work and release stuff we know you got to make some money off selling some volumes how about just do like release all your old one shots and write a new one shot and then when the Chainsaw Man anime does come then you can drop it like that that's my assumption but still shout out to Fujimoto I just I don't want any more updates fam like unless it's a straight up like boom you know March 23rd it's when it's dropping I don't want to hear it no more just give us the damn sequel and the damn anime like i'm too 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 invested in this to keep being toyed around with like it's coming it's coming just come already come on baby that's what she said okay people switching gears we got a lot of jujutsu kaisen stories to go through so we're gonna start off with this one shout outs to as always jokes underscore care showing us the basically run and the volume sales and whatnot for the history of a series this time around it's jujutsu kaisen he said the anime impact was insane for the jujutsu kaisen manga sales evolution with volume 18 we'll see if the series has already reached its peak or can top it again with the movie promo and so on because looking at this graph i'm not gonna lie like you see volume one it didn't even do a hundred i don't even think it did a hundred thousand and you just see it slowly starts to incline and then boom anime starts to air around between volume what is that around like 13 and from 13 to 14 it goes from less than half a million to boom over a million boom over 1.5 but then it looks like between 16 and 17 that it does have a dip it could be that people just weren't a fan of that or it could be as well that the hype is starting to die down obviously the anime ended earlier this year so it could be like things are waning a little bit maybe like what joe's underscore cast said ultimately when the anime film does drop it'll boost it back up again and people will be going crazy i know they're betting a lot on this for crying out loud it's a mappa production and it's a film and they're marketing it as like yo anybody can watch this damn thing i think there's a strong possibility it could go up like i don't see it massively dipping already like it only just for like what it's gonna have a big massive incline for three volumes and then just straight up drop like that would be tragic i ain't gonna lie and it could happen you never know but i just don't see that happening i think maybe it was just a, a bit of a weaker volume a lot of people were invested in shibuya shibuya has already ended so people are like uh. and then probably once that comes and then of course when season two drops i'd imagine it's going to continue skyrocketing because yeah it just did what 30 million it was the number one selling manga of 2021 i don't see a fizzling out or anything but yeah there's no fall by any means unless you consider a little slight dip between the last couple volumes like there's no fall it's just straight up the rise the rise and conquering of jujutsu kaisen fam and yeah i just can't even believe looking at these sales holy cow hopefully as my fact, let me know what you guys think do you think that it's over for jujutsu kaisen's rise already that it's going to start slowly declining or you think that the film and season two's release are going to be like boom nah it's going back up i mean it's not like this is going to be a long-running series anyways gege said that this was going to be like what uh, in the next couple years it was going to wrap up or something like that like it was already for the most part wrapping up so like it's not going to be that long of a run of a series so yeah i, I don't see like it's going to have a massive dip regardless because how many more volumes are going to come from it anyways i mean it's not ending like you know next month or next year or anything like that but yeah it's not going to go on forever so we'll see then in other related news regarding jujutsu kaisen i just wanted to show this off it's the latest cover of shonen jump and you got yuta yuji and in case you can't tell under yuta's arm it's like a little spirit yeah you'll know what that is if you 
you don't, and I ain't gonna lie, the Jujutsu Kaisen jump covers be looking absolute fire. That shit looks awesome. Although somebody did have a freaking hilarious joke and said that uh, Yuji kind of looks like Bart Simpson, and I can't, I can't unsee now. Like, oh no! But yeah, really dope cover of Shonen Jump. They they know what's good. Or at the very least, I thought they knew what's good. At the very least, Japan don't know what's up because we got the results of the popularity poll for Jujutsu Kaisen. Right? We got the. I'm not sure if it's 20 or 50 or whatever, but I got the top 10. Maybe we'll take a look at the 20, 30 once it's all out there or whatnot. But I got, or at the very least, I got the 11. And I ain't gonna lie, they they missed a little bit. They missed a little bit because there's one name that's not on this list. But let's take a look. For starters, at 11 is Nobara. Nobara has not been relevant in the manga or doing anything for that matter in the manga. And what? It feels like a year. Has it been a year? Has it been more than a year? I want to say it's been uh, at the very least around like a year, if not more, a little less, somewhere around there. But Nobara hasn't done anything. So the fact that she's in 11 is like, it's still, hey, she's one of the MCs, right? So there's that. But yeah, again, you'll understand what I mean about, you know, a, a snubbed character. Then at number 10, Naoya Zenin. If you're only watching the anime, not reading the manga, he was pretty prevalent. I wouldn't put him in my top 10, I'll be honest with you, in terms of like characters I rock with. Like, he just, eh, he was, he was kind of a, an asshole a little bit. Like, yeah, I didn't really care for him. Number 9, Toji Fushiguro. I would still probably put him top 5. I mean, he hasn't been, you know, shown lately, but he's he's one of the most badasses. A lot of people compared him. He was like the Madara of Jujutsu Kaisen. He's he's a GOAT, okay? He's a GOAT. Number 8, as they're gearing up for the film, which is kind of funny because he's the MC of the upcoming film, but he's not even in the top 3. Yuta Okotsu, which in 2021, he was pretty prevalent in things, and yeah, he's number 8. We'll see after the film if he shoots up to number 1 or what it's looking like. Number 7, Choso. Choso was pretty dope earlier in the year. Again, we haven't seen Choso in a little bit. Number six, Inumaki. I'm not a big Inumaki fan. I don't know. Like, hey, th this isn't my vote still, right? This is Japan. Uh, number five, Nanami Kento. Shoutouts to Nanami, man. Nanami, that dude. Oh my god. Nanami, yes, he deserves top five. Absolutely. Number four, Geto Suguru. Yep, he's, he's like, you know, one of the big villains of the series. Hello, he definitely should be in there. If he's not, then we're in trouble. Number three, the main character at number three, Yuji Itadori. Yeah, that sounds about right for Yuji to be there. Number two, who hasn't been, I don't even know since when we've seen this character being relevant in the manga. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You're probably going to be, wait a minute. He hasn't been relevant in the manga. Well, what the hell is going on? Um, Satoru Gojo. Gojo number two, and he hasn't done a goddamn thing in like a year plus of the manga. Craziness. And number one, this shocked the shit out of me. I didn't expect, I expected if anything, like maybe Yuji to be number one, or I don't know. I guess there's a really big fandom for this dude over there because coming in at number one in the popularity poll for Jujutsu Kaisen is Fushiguro Megumi. Like, huh? Like, uh, yo, I rock with Megumi. I like the character, but I didn't expect that at all. And that's probably why we constantly see a lot of Megumi in the series. Not that I'm complaining. I like the character. I just wouldn't put him number one. I, I, or I wouldn't expect shall I say, for him to come out number one. Like, I, I probably even, with all I said of Gojo not doing the damn thing, I still would have probably say that they would have put Gojo number one just because he's that damn popular over there. And then, my issue with this list, my only major, major issue, because aside from that, it's like, 
a lot of great names. Honestly, it's not a bad list at all, other than maybe Naoya could go. Like, why is Naoya in there? But where the hell is Maki? Okay, if you've read the Jujutsu Kaisen manga, you would know that Maki should be in there. She should be top five. She had her arc that she had in this series is probably the best thing about 2021. And she was a lead character. She was a badass. A lot of people compare her to some legendary characters from shonen anime and manga. Like, she really was incredible. She's my favorite female character in Jujutsu Kaisen, bar none. Like, sorry, Nobara. I love you, sweetheart. But my favorite character of females in the series is easily Maki. Why no Maki? But then you got this bum Naoya in there? No, 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 Japan. Like, come on, fam. Really? Like, yeah... I, I don't know. I bet anything that if we did a Western version of this poll, no, Maki will be easily top five because she was she was a badass. Like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't put her number one per se, but she's easily top five. I'd put her probably top three even. Like, she was that damn awesome. So to see that Naoya made it and even Nobara is above her and Nobara hasn't done a lick of shit in a year. I don't know, Japan. Y'all were bugging on that one. Yeah, and like Inumaki's and they're like, what the fuck? I mean, Inumaki has had a moment or two, but still over Maki? She had the best moment. Okay, I'm I'm getting a little rantish. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I apologize, people, but where's Maki? Why you did my girl dirty? She's amazing. One of the best characters in Jujutsu Kaisen, period. One of the most epic. One of the most badass. One of... I... <sighs> I, I think I need a moment. Okay, people, yeah. That, that, that was the top 11-ish popularity poll in Japan for Jujutsu Kaisen. Let me know, I, I don't know, what, what character would you pick for your popularity poll if you had to put 10 or 5 or whatever? Or just in general, do you think they're bugging by not having Maki? Or am I bugging for wanting Maki in there? I think there's no way that I'm bugging. Like, again, in 2021, when I think of Jujutsu Kaisen manga, I think of Yuta and I think of Maki. But yeah, people, um, I'm not going to dwell on it any longer. That was the popularity poll for Jujutsu Kaisen 2021. Japan be bugging sometimes. And then, once again, in more Jujutsu Kaisen related news, just something very small, but I figured I'd include it. Uh, MAPPA draws original illustration for Jujutsu Kaisen character Satoru Gojo's birthday. MAPPA released an original illustration to commemorate the birthday of Jujutsu Kaisen Satoru Gojo on Tuesday. The illustration depicts the main characters of the upcoming Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie prequel anime film. Satoru Gojo, Yuto Kotsu, Maki, the legendary Zenin, <laughs> uh, Toge Inuma, and panda and i love the art i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna cap i'm not gonna lie it looks really awesome um gojo looks badass and the color scheme is interesting it looks more like a navy bluish on everybody opposed to using black like there's i don't even think there's any black in this picture aside from like the outline but yeah they did a really dope and fantastic job and i believe it says mappa's online store will release a new lineup of goods featuring uh, the illustration you could actually buy that i wouldn't mind having that along with 2020 birthday goods lineup the goods include large Large badges, A4 clear files, acrylic stand key holders, reusable stickers, acrylic art, and a framed version of the illustration. Again, I want that. And pre-order period is from December 7th to the 19th. So you got a limited time as of the recording of this video. And the goods are expected to go on sale in February. So if you order it now, you'll probably get them by February. But yeah, people, that's all the Jujutsu Kaisen related news. A lot of it, but uh, I wanted to share it. Next up, we got a little bit of sales. This is the top 10 weekly chart of sales by series for the week of November 29th through December 5th. Coming in at number 10, Dragon Ball Super with 77,000. So Dragon Ball Super did a decent, it probably dropped a new volume, I'd imagine. That's why the sales are up. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, 79,000. So wow, Dragon Ball Super almost 
caught up with Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. Uh, Kingdom 80,000. Demon Slayer 93,000. Kusuriya no Hitori Goto 101,000. One Punch Man 124,000. I need to get up on One Punch Man, man. People just keep telling me how amazing it is. Number four, Tokyo Revengers 179,000. World Trigger 188,000. That definitely must have dropped a volume for the series to do that. Uh, Kaiju number eight, 323,000. And, Vampeast, 1,018,977, number one, which I want to say a volume 101 just dropped, if I'm not mistaken. So, kudos to One Piece on that. And in terms of like, that's what the series did. So, kind of makes you wonder though. And we'll get into it a little bit in the segment. If that's what, like, including back catalog sales and whatnot, it did. What did the latest volume do? Because One Piece has been notorious for doing a million plus every volume first week out. But again, we'll get to that in a different segment. Either way, shout outs to all of these series. Really dope stuff. I enjoy damn near all of them. And I can't complain. Great sales for some awesome series. Next up, in case you didn't know, one of the goats of hard work. Hiro Mashima, creator of Fairy Tale Eden Zero, Rave Master, Fairy Tale Andrea's Quest, all of that jazz. He had recently did character designs for a gotcha video game, and like the character designs look awesome. And then it was announced that a manga adaptation was coming for it. And it says here, Gate of Nightmares Chapter 1 is specially available in Shonen Magazine issue 2 and 3 with a cover right there that it straight up looks like Hiro Mashima art. In fact, that one character with the sword, that straight up looks like the main character of Rave Master. Holy shit. And that kind of looks like a mixture of Erza and Lucy with the smile there with the red hair. In general, it looks really dope. And I actually want to read it. I'm curious. Like, I wonder, did Hiro Mashima do any of this? Like, I know he did the character designs, but did he do the art for this? Or did he write it? At the very least, I hope he wrote it. That would be kind of cool. But Hiro Mashima forever on the grind. Forever respect him for that. Okay, people. Next up, we got the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. For Star Starters, let's take a look at okay so it says that the person that's doing that gate of nightmares manga is yoshinori matsuo gate of nightmare to be allowed to draw so many cool monsters is an honor okay so probably hiromashima at best maybe he could have done a draft but it doesn't look like he's included in anything other than he did the character designs for this one all right uh then we got four nights of the apocalypse seven deadly sins creator nakaba suzuki drinking booze after a preparatory meeting is bliss i've said it many times but nakaba suzuki talked about drinking pretty frequent like it's it's enough for me to notice I, i'll say i'm not gonna say that he's every single week talking about alcohol because it's been a little bit but i've noticed out of every author he's the only one that consistently here and there talks alcohol so um hope he's all right uh, i always gotta say that hope he's all right hiro mashima creator of eden zero i was invited to a dinner at the france commerce and assembly hall it was truly a dazzling world france over there they'd be respecting him. didn't he get like an honor from like the president or the prime minister or something of france like yeah he's huge over there they love him atsushi okubo author of fire force i've downloaded several more apps and been playing around with them the games on the chinese app billy billy have caused my usually ironclad wallet to open slightly you bugging. <laughs> I used to spend a lot of money on those mobile games like uh, Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle. They got a lot of my money over there. I don't really do that no more. So shout out to Atsushi Okubo. Couldn't be me, fam. Sorry. We got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Revengers. My son has been hooked on Attack on Titan. We've been watching the anime together. That's pretty cool for somebody from a different work. You know, he has his own hit series to be bigging up Attack on Titan. Um, I, I believe they're actually both from Kodansha, so that's probably why he was okayed to say this. But yeah, that that's really cool. I wonder, maybe we'll get a Tokyo Revengers X Attack on Titan crossover. Even if it was just like some art or something, that would be kind of cool. Maybe like the characters from uh, Attack on Titan 
and dressed with like the Tokyo Avengers attire or something like that or have the Tokyo Avengers characters looking like they about to go slay titans that would be some cool art to have Negi Haruba author of Sentai Daishikaku aka Ranger Reject for the first time in two years I went to talk to a friend in real life that is so sad and that's definitely obviously him saying two years due to the pandemic but that is sad really really sad uh, hope he's alright because yeah a lot of people are going through it uh, George Morikawa author of Hajime no Ippo how will the big match at the year's end go what big match is he referring to something going in Hajime no Ippo or he's talking about a real life boxing match and yeah people those were the weekly Shonen Magazine author comments always a treat next up a very small but interesting update from the creator of Kuroko no Basket it says Taratoshi Fujimaki mangaka of Kuroko no Basket will be publishing a new one shot titled Kiru Aoharu in weekly Shonen Jump issue number 3 slash 4 and I was breaking down some of the parts of the word that I understand if I'm not mistaken Aoharu isn't there's like a I think that's like Blue Spring so I don't know what Kiru means but Blue Spring something I'm guessing that's the name of it obviously Japan is a little bit of a complex language so I'm not sure but I want to say that translates to Blue Spring something there and either way it's a one shot probably testing the waters see if maybe people like it and they'll roll I want to say the last thing he tried doing if I'm not mistaken didn't he try battle series I know he did that one golf manga and that didn't really go so well robot x laser beam like that didn't take off I think it lasted a little bit over a year but it didn't really take off and then I think he tried a battle series or a one shot battle series I, I don't know but yeah um I would love to see him return. I, I really, to this day, I'm still a massive fan of Kuroko no Basket. It was really interesting. It was essentially like a My Hero Academia of sports, of basketball. So I would love to see what he got coming next. Next up, this one was really dope to look at. It says here, Bleach 20th Anniversary Exhibition Bleach EX New Colored Illustration by author Taite Kubo and the art fam. The art Rukia and Ichigo that wow I, I am gonna lie like what that shit looks crispy as hell this is from the big exhibition that he has and yo I just I can't get enough of they look really in prime especially now I don't even want to say especially Ichigo they both look really really freaking awesome and Holy cow, man. I, I would not be mad ever if Bleach came back with a monthly series or something like that. Uh, weekly would be dope. I don't think Kubo would ever do weekly again. I mean, for crying out loud, he did a seasonal series with Burn the Witch because I'm sure he don't want to sit in the lab all day and night anymore doing anything. But, yo, if Bleach ever came back like a monthly thing based off of those little one-shots that we got or the one-shot that we got, I would be totally fine with it and I would love it because this art right here... Ooh, creme de la creme. But then again, Kubo has always been good at drawing characters. Like his backgrounds used to be a little bit bare, but his characters, amazing. Next up, a small update for Bleach. Bleach, the official pamphlet for the original exhibition, The Brand New Black, is being produced. A large volume of 48 pages, including a dialogue between Kubo and Tatsuya Kitani, and illustrations contributed by Jump Writers. A gimmick is applied to the LP record-sized pamphlet to reproduce the exhibition at the venue. The Brand New black and that's one of the themes of bleach it's always been like the colors white and black so uh yeah this actually looks really cool and 
goddamn, I would love to get my hands on that. Okay, people, next up, we got a little bit of a story that I wanted to cover regarding the anime VV. In case you don't know, that shit was gorgeous. I loved it. I never got a chance to finish it. I do need to because it was actually really freaking good about a future where the world is destroyed and robots and almost things like, I don't know, Terminator and the main character is a singing android, so to speak. But here it says uh, why VV won't get a second season. VV Fluorite Eyes songwriters explain why the anime won't get a second season. Vivi Fluorite Eyes songwriters Tape Nagatsuki, who did ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, and World... Oh, that's why it freaking rocked, because ReZero is amazing. And Eiji Umihara, who did ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. He was an episode scriptwriter, and he did Chaos Child, spoke in an interview to Mipon about the possibility of a second season. They said that the story was planned to be complete as a single core series, so they don't feel that the story could be continued with a second season. Both Umehara-san and I felt that everything wrapped up quite nicely. So it just wouldn't feel right to force the story to continue any further. Although I never really hear anybody saying make more. Like a lot of people say that it ended very well. Like it was a great ending. Uh, Nagatsuki commented, I don't think we could add another chord to the story. Even if the first was a smash hit and got rave reviews. So it wasn't a smash hit. Mm. Nevertheless, he did mention that if there's enough demand, they might be able to create a voice drama CD or an OVA. He also suggested the potential to create a side story that's unrelated to the main plot that could focus on things like VV's secret sisters or sealed singularity points. The interview also reveals another fact about the anime's planned story length. Although the conceived as a one core series, it was only later in development that it was given 13 episodes instead of 12. Nagatsuki said that he and Umehara begged the producer to add one more episode after the two encountered difficulties telling the story of the first two episodes within a single episode. It would have been near impossible to fit everything into 12 episodes, he remarked. The writers previously shared the anime's creation story in a roundtable discussion posted on the anime's official website leading up to its release. The series premiered in Japan pan on april 3rd from what i remember with that series it was freaking good it looked gorgeous as hell so i'm glad that sometimes they stick to their guns like don't get me wrong let's just say if this would have been a huge smash hit there would have been opportunity for them to make more and i'm glad that they had their mind like no let's stop it always brings me back to death note of how they were told like yo you gotta extend it and they really didn't want to but in the real life you know shonen jump were like you ever want to work in this magazine again make a little more and then we got you know the second half which a lot of people aren't that fond of but either way i gotta go back and finish bb sometime because from what i remember watching it was really awesome and a big treat to look at okay next up a small update for sword art online it says sword art online the movie progressive sherzo of deep night is coming in 2022 to japanese theaters so a little bit of an update for sao fans i still haven't watched the last one i'm gonna just keep it real with you like i know sao is popping and all that jazz but i am so far behind on watching all the stuff that's been released in the last, I don't even know, like four or five years or something of SAO. I never watched the last long season that was like, what, 50 episodes or something. Like, I just have not had time to catch up on SAO eventually though like I got the last movie and this one and yeah it's gonna be a big giant binge someday for SAO but yeah if you're interested sort out online the movie progressive Shirazo of Deep Night coming 2022 in Japanese theaters probably a few months after it'll hit the west as well okay people next up everybody and their mother hit me up about this one because y'all know I made a video in case you don't I made a big video talking about Cowboy Bebop's Netflix live action adaptation and I gave it a decent amount of positivity minus the ending and whatnot like i said like i liked a lot of aspects of it however the masses have spoken because 
Cowboy Bebop's live action will not live any longer. One season, that's it. According to this, it says Cowboy Bebop canceled by Netflix after one season. That was fast. Netflix canceled its ambitious, widely hyped, and ultimately widely disappointing anime adaptation, Cowboy Bebop, The Hollywood Reporter has learned. The move comes less than three weeks after the show's November 9th debut on the streaming service. The Space Western had a rough reception. The 10-episode series garnered only a 46% positive critics rating on review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes fans seem to agree given the show a 56% positive audience score on the site. According to Netflix's top 10 site, the series had racked up almost 74 million viewing hours worldwide since its debut. So it got plenty of sampling out of the gate, but it plummeted 59% for the week of November 29th through December 5th. Insiders pointed out that Netflix's renewal rate for scripted series have had two or more seasons stand at 60% in line with industry averages and like all Netflix renewal verdicts, the decision was made made by balancing the show's viewership and cost. The streamer also prides itself on taking big swings on projects like Cowboy Bebop and has many other genre shows on the air and in the work. The project is the latest attempt to reinvent Japanese anime as a live action series that failed to draw viewers following titles such as 2009's Dragon Ball Evolution, 2017's Ghost in the Shell, and Netflix's 2017 movie Death Note. The biggest success in the space so far was arguably 2019's Alita Battle Angel which pulled sizable foreign dollars 319 million if not domestic 85 million but wasn't that from like a really big creator isn't that the dude that did like Avatar so I'm imagining that was not failing no matter what. Cowboy Bebop series starred John Cho, Mustafa Shakir and Daniela Pineda as three bounty hunters aka cowboys all trying to outrun the past. From the show's description they form a scrappy snarky crew ready to hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals for the right price but they can only kick and quip their way out of so many scuffles before their past finally catch up with them. And I'll be honest with you i feel like enough people didn't give it a try and what i mean by that like if they did watch it they would watch one episode or they will see some clips or they will see something like oh my god the one clip of like the older white lady that is like oh you're black and you're male and like yeah that's a cringy corny joke but that's not like the most egregious thing in the world it was just like funny and i get it some people say agenda well it's realistic that there are white women older white women that really like black men crazy i know right so yeah i don't know i enjoyed a lot of the cowboy bebop live action the ending though the final episode i did not like at all i felt it went in a really crazy direction so am i broken up about it no because at the end of the day it looked like they were going to stray away from what i loved from the first nine episodes anyways because it got like really dark and edgy all of a sudden with the last episode and people like jet the character jet just went a whole different direction than the character i liked and it didn't look like it was going to continue to get me the stuff that I did enjoy about it from the first nine episodes so hey it hit the fan Cowboy Bebop live action will not continue it is a shame though because I again really like Mustafa Shakir he was amazing in his role as Jet and John Cho was awesome as well and Daniela Pineda she'll I'm sure find some other work she was dope too but it's over <laughs> wanted to add a little bit more of I guess clarity or just a little bit more thoughts onto the whole Bebop being cancelled from Netflix I want to add in there that I wonder what this means for the future of other Netflix live action adaptations like for example 
I noticed that Yu Yu Hakusho, they were really hyping it up and we were getting a lot of word about it, the live action that Netflix is doing. And then close to release of the Bebop one, it was like, oh, by the way, 2023 for Yu Yu Hakusho, like December 24th, like very much so very far away for this live action. And likewise with, well, they haven't really pushed anything regarding the One Piece one, but it could very well be that like with this Bebop cancellation of only one season, it could affect the other ones. Like, yeah, I, I feel like definitely it wasn't given enough of a fair shake. I'll be honest with you with the Bebop one. Like, I actually had a lot of fun with it if you've seen my review. So I just feel like what it's going to take in order for live actions to start succeeding is, and I'll be real, it's only going to take one. One that is highly regarded, critically acclaimed, unanimously told as like, oh, this is what live action anime adaptations should be. And then a million of them are going to come and kind of duplicate the formula. And that's how we're going to get the entry level to live actions. Like, I feel like Bebop was closer to what it is because it was definitely a lot of love put into that show. I know people don't want to hear it, but the production behind the Cowboy Bebop live action Netflix, there was a lot of love and a lot of care. There were scenes that were duplicated straight out of the show that looked awesome. The characters, the camaraderie throughout a lot of the episodes, like there was care and passion put into that show. It's just, again, between the word of mouth and then towards the end, it just kind of like, woo, that really kind of, um, made it that it didn't succeed but again i'm interested to see how this is going to affect moving forward like the one piece live action which it seems to be knee deep in production and the yu yu Hakusho one that they pushed back to hell uh where is it gonna go with all of it and this just was breaking recently very sad news apparently one of the original writers or the original writer of cowboy bebop uh, passed away it says sad news Keiko Nobumoto passed away she wrote Macross Plus Cowboy Bebop Samurai Champloo Wolf's Reign Tokyo Godfather Space Dandy wow that's crazy that this woman did Macross Plus uh, Cowboy Bebop Samurai Champloo Samurai Champloo people have put it up in the same regard as Bebop Wolf's Reign Tokyo Godfather Space wow that's crazy and I want to say it's also it was due to cancer um, wow, and we just lost, you know, I mean, in the fashion world, and uh, he was just an icon to a lot of uh, people of color. We lost Virgil to cancer as well. Fuck cancer. RIP to this legend this absolute legend okay people next up a lot of people said to continue doing it so i will here's some shonen sunday author comments we got gosho aoyama creator of detective conan uh and they were all asked by the way what kinds of foods and perishables do you always keep on hand he said the curry that former chief editor ichihara's wife makes i don't know why but when i read that right now it kind of sounded a little bit like yo how you know what type of curry his wife made huh uh, go go show you want some savage mode no. <laughs> then we got rumiko takahashi author of mao she just put eggs like yo imagine it, you're reading through the shonen jump author comments and somebody just wrote eggs <laughs> Shoutouts to Romiko Takahashi. We got Tomohito Oda, author of Komi Can't Communicate. A lot of certain items from Ipe-chan. They're delicious. This refers to the Ipe-chan brand of instant yakisoba. So yeah, people, I'm not too familiar with a lot of these authors. If you want me to cover more of them, let me know which ones you want me to take a look at. But yeah, from those three, eggs. <laughs> Okay, people, next up, we got something that I hinted at in an earlier story regarding the latest sales for the latest released Jump volumes. Now, now the latest volumes to release from Jump is One Piece, Marshall, uh, Undead on Luck, and Candy Flurry. Candy Flurry, no need to dive into it. I think they, it, it flopped. It flopped badly. Uh, Undead on Luck, 
the sales are low, Marshall's sales, all the sales are pretty low. So I'm not sure if this was a publication shortage or people just ain't rocking with it or it was only cataloged over maybe like a day or two or something because these are the lowest sales I've ever seen a One Piece volume done out the gate. It said here, Oricon's here, few volumes and little to comment with series showing a stagnating even decreasing trend as we already saw some months ago let's hope they at least manage to stay as in line as possible and yeah the sales like okay one piece did 986,727 for its volume and that's less than a million which again it's still phenomenal sales or whatnot but um definitely shows that one piece is slowly like the next volume might be even less than that one piece might not be hitting that one million sales mark in the first week anymore and that's a shame i am gonna lie like it's crazy but it looks like one piece little by little is getting to that point where it's not the big dog on campus anymore it'll always be the big dog in terms of like it's the biggest selling manga of all time so let's get that straight but in terms of what it was doing it's starting to dwindle down. And then this is what makes me a little suspicious of these sales because Marshall and well, One Piece, I was already a little suspicious, but Marshall in particular has been doing about 80 to 100,000 first week. And with the latest volume, volume nine, it only did 43,650. So I'm assuming again, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it had to only have been like maybe two or three days of recorded sales or something. Either that or there's a publication shortage or something because then this one right here is another shock undead unluck only 15,782 undead unluck usually does about 40 to 50,000 uh marshall does about 80 to 100,000 and one piece always does a million plus like 1.1 1.3 so these sales look really low for all of them and then I, if you must know candy flurry did 2,500 yeah it's gone it's out of here but very very shocking i don't know what's going on here again three volumes from now for one piece will it be at like only half a million in first week which again i say only but in comparison to one piece's history that's a lot lower i don't know i'll keep my eyes peeled for you guys though okay people next up a lot of people wonder what the pulse of anime and manga over there in japan is right like yo what, what japan is looking like well at the very least japan twitter uh we got a little bit of insight it says jujutsu kaisen demon slayer in top 10 tweeted shows of 2021 worldwide okay so this is not only just japan this is worldwide but i do have i want to say japan as well it says 2021 has been a great year for tv whether you're looking at shows that come from the united states south korea japan and all over the rest of the world twitter revealed today what television shows were most tweeted around the world throughout the year with anime making up nearly half of the entire list while it's not first jujutsu kaisen came in second place above netflix's squid game with the ever popular demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba at fourth place tokyo avengers at seventh place and the sleeper hit Pui Pui Moker rounding off the anime representation at 10th place, which what the hell is Pui Pui Moker? And also they skipped over Tokyo Avengers at number seven. Shout outs to Tokyo Avengers. Uh, what, 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 what are y'all doing? What type of agenda y'all playing at? But it says here, Twitter Japan's 2021 top 10 most used hashtags in Japan for manga. Uh, number 10, Shiniva. Number nine, World Trigger. Whoa. Number eight, only number eight, Tokyo Avengers. Oh, okay. Uh, number seven, Yu-Gi-Oh! Number six shingeki no kyojin attack on titan number five gotobun no han yome number four hero academia my hero uh number three ani poke I, I believe that's probably pokemon anime uh number two kimetsu no yaiba and number one jujutsu kaisen so in japan the most tweeted is jujutsu kaisen demon sayer um hero academia is on there I i'm still kind of shocked like what the hell uh tokyo avengers only number eight and world trigger sneaking up on there okay but yeah people a lot of people will always be like well what's going on in japan 
Now you know. Okay, people, and lastly, so recently I posted a poll asking what you think is the top manga of 2021. I would definitely appreciate you guys to vote because I got a big event coming up where I'm going to film myself and a bunch of major anime and manga YouTuber creators where we're going to be talking about and judging and seeing what is the best manga of 2021 using you guys' input. So definitely please make sure to go and vote. Thank Hillary Clinton. Go to the polls and vote. Pokemon, go to the polls and vote. Yeah. But yeah, people, that's all I have for today's stories. I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, best story we talked about. Most interesting. Something that shocked you. That stuff with the founder of Ufotable still is like 20 months in prison. Holy cow. Uh, something maybe you wanted me to report on that I didn't touch up on. And uh, in general, something that you always come back to Fenever News for. That's all I have for this one, though. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. If you liked anything I had to say or enjoyed the video, drop me a like. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you want more from me, make sure to subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Hit that bell to get all notifications. And if you want to follow any of my other social media, links are in the description below. I'm Fender World, and as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga for life, boy. Have an awesome day. Peace in. And you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. <laughs>